Well, Peter, he was dreaming. But wait a minute, he wasn't really dreaming. What's going on? We'll talk about that and more in just a minute. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, a program designed to take you through the Bible, the 66 books written by 40 authors over 1,500 years, all with the same theme. What is that theme? We'll talk about it on this program today. Ryan is also here with things going on. What's going on, Ryan? All right, well, today the Apostle Paul, also known as Saul, refers back to another man named Saul. So we're going to talk about it after the teaching. Very good. Excellent. Janice? Today, we're all just people. All right, very good. We're all people. And one <laughs> of the people we have here is mm -hmm. Pastor John Williamson. He's excellent. How you doing, Pastor? I am doing super, thank you. All right, remember, we're going to talk about the church and how it began and all of that. It's going to be very interesting in about 25 minutes time, or 20 minutes time. So let's get the Bible out. Let's read what God is saying to us. Acts 12, 6 through 19. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly! And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the Jewish people." So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. 
Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 19. Happy Reformation Day. This is the time we celebrate the the reforming of the church. Very, very important. Acts chapter 11, 12, and 13 is what we read. No one can manipulate the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. No one can manipulate the Spirit of God. Praise God. There will be those who try, but they will fail because the Spirit of God is real and is alive. He is active and he moves in miraculous ways, even today. Now, when Peter was confined to prison by Herod, who wanted him dead, well, the Spirit of God simply sent an angel to break open the prison doors and set him free. While Peter was in prison, we learned, though, or through the scriptures, that the church came together to be in consistent prayer for him. The story unfolds in the book of Acts chapter 12 and is an amazing display of God's power to answer the prayers of his people. Answer the prayers of your people, Lord. While gathered together to pray for Peter, the answer to their prayers was literally standing on their doorstep. True, knocking on the door. How would they react? How would you react? God's plan and purpose is all around us. His Holy Spirit is moving to fulfill His will in and through our lives. We are paying attention, or are we? As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, are we watching and praying as He has asked us to do? Or are we simply sitting in the corner lamenting, oh, this happens and that happens, and what are we going to do, hide in our house? No, 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 my friend. That's why there are great parties like harvest parties and everything else in churches. It is amazing what we can do. I'm telling you, there's time on Reformation Day to do all kinds of things. Let's do them. Let's tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is the ruler of this world and his spirit is real, the Holy Spirit of God. Very important. Take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage. And as we focus on this, uh, we need to pray. Let me just say as well, if you don't have a Bible guide, call us or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and get one uh, because the Bible guide helps you through the Bible. And we try to take the Bible and, and change our hearts. We don't try to fit our ideas into the Bible, which some people do. It's a problem. The stirring of the Spirit of God, capital S. On this day, what a great day for the stirring of the Spirit of God. Isn't that great? Acts chapter 12, verses 6 to 19. Let's pray. Father, I pray today. You know, a lot of people are seeking other spirits today. But there's only one spirit that we seek, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. And We know that you're stronger than anything, Lord. Anything, anywhere, anytime, anyplace. We pray for the salvation of many souls that would come to you that they would learn that Jesus Christ is real. Help us to understand your word in the 12th chapter of this great book. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' wonderful name. And we said together, amen. Okay, let's take a look at chapter 12 of Acts. It's a great one. This is, watch this. Talk about trying to figure out what's going on. Watch this. The stirring of the Spirit of God. 
As we go to the first scripture, we learn Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 6. And when Herod was about to bring him, Peter, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains. He was tied up between two soldiers. He had two chains on him. He had two soldiers on him. I mean, they'd think this guy was an escape artist. He wasn't. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So they had guards before the door now, too. Verse 7, watch this. Now behold, take note, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, lit up the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, Peter. And his chains fell off his hands. And then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that, that what was done was by an angel and it was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. Well, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate, the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Now, when Peter had, some, had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent this angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. This is awesome. Peter thought he was dreaming, but he wasn't. Sometimes when God answers our prayers, we cannot believe it's happening. <laughs> what a great day to talk about prayer. Sometimes we think, you know, we pray and God's answering the prayers. We don't see it because we're too busy praying about the Lord, do this, do this, do this. He's answered the prayer. Now, this gets important. Let's, let's pay attention here because we'll go back to the scripture and look at it. Acts chapter 12, verse 12. So, when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was surnamed Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer and when she, was rec she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking at the door. Come on, guys, open up the door. And he saw them and they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Oh my goodness, the people were shocked to see Peter standing at the door. God had answered their prayers. There are times when God answers to our prayer is right in front of us. Now let's go straight on to the next scripture because this is important. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him 
and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death and went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Third point, even Herod and his men could not determine what had become of Peter. The Lord is powerful and his plan and his purpose is above all. We are part of his purpose. Let me, let me explain this. We are part of God's purpose, beloved. And his plan is powerful. And on this day, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would be strong and that your Holy Spirit would come and be in the homes of everybody who is listening to me. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would make sure that everybody's saying the truth of Jesus Christ. He is alive. He's overcome every evil thing in Jesus' name. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the program. Today our reading is Acts chapters 11 through 13. And in chapter 13, we find the Apostle Paul teaching at the synagogue in Antioch. And in the first part of his sermon, he's reminding the Jewish people of their history. And in verse 21, he refers to the first king of Israel, Saul. So I thought it would be good to review that history in a little bit more detail. So in this report, we're gonna look back at Saul's life and some of the specific sins that he committed that ultimately cost him his crown, his dynasty, and his life. By all appearances, Saul was the obvious choice for Israel's very first monarch. He was tall, handsome, and humble. In fact, he even lived up to the hype at first. But as time went on, he grew arrogant and proved to have little regard for the Lord's commands and repeatedly failed the test of faith. This was first seen through an unlawful sacrifice at Gilgal. Although he was supposed to wait seven days for Samuel to come make the sacrifices, when the prophet didn't arrive at the appointed time, Saul, at the brink of war, decided to make the sacrifice himself. At another time, Saul made a rash oath which prevented his army from eating until they secured a victory. So faint were they at the end of the battle that they rushed on the spoil and took sheep, oxen, and calves and slaughtered them on the ground, and the people ate them with the blood, something strictly forbidden in God's law. But his final undoing was his defiant disobedience regarding God's order to utterly annihilate Amalek. Instead, he spared Agag, their king, and the best of their sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to destroy them. The fact that Saul's kingship and dynasty were stripped from him because of these failings isn't surprising in light of God's numerous personal forewarnings against such disobedience. It's also consistent with how God dealt with similar sins in the past. For instance, just like Saul made an unlawful sacrifice, Aaron's sons Nadab and Abihu offered profane fire before the Lord. Similarly, Eli's sons Hophni and Phinehas used God's sacrificial system for their own gain and pleasure. Just as with Saul, all of these men died for their sins. Furthermore, because Eli refused to put a stop to Hophni and Phinehas' behavior, God removed his entire household from the priesthood, just as he removed Saul's household from the kingship. And just as it was with Saul, 
all of these men honored themselves and others more than God. And that was the real heart of the issue. While breaking the sacrificial laws was a very serious sin in the eyes of the Lord, it was less about sacrifice and more about obedience to God out of love, respect, and fear for him. As Samuel declared to Saul, has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So Samuel very clearly lays out the root of Saul's problem, which was a refusal to follow and obey the Lord. See, Saul didn't love God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and it showed. As Jesus Christ, God in the flesh said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Saul repeatedly failed to do this. And you know, obedience is what God really wants from us. As Samuel reminded Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed uh, than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Wow, did you hear that? Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And notice that Saul later committed that sin too. Saul clearly didn't have a heart after God, and so God replaced him with a man who did. As Paul the Apostle declares in Romans 11.22, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. So let's love God with all of our being and serve him. It's all about him and his kingdom, not ours. I think that's really important because a lot of times we, <clears throat> excuse me, get hung up with building our own ideas on our own kingdoms and all that in this world. But hold on a minute. You know, God tells us that he has called us for something and we need to make sure we know what that is. Very good. Janice? Well, we're talking about we're all just people. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. For sure in the New Testament with when Peter's freed from prison and 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 because it would take too long to go all over it. I, I just, I really wanted to remind us as we stop and think that the people that we read about in the Bible are real people. They're real people, just like you and I. And they have emotion and they have fear and they have anxieties and they have doubts and they, they have things that they seek after. But this story really to me shows humanity in the Bible where you have Peter and he's in prison and an angel is sent by the Lord to release him. And the, the, the angel rod is literally like, he thwacked him on the side. It's time to get up, get up. And, and you can imagine if you're in a deep sleep and you don't even know what's going on and he's just trying to follow what the angel says. He's put on your shoes, put on your garment, let's go. And, and finally we get into the scripture where it says when, when Peter finally came to himself, it's like he's finally awake. You know, me after my first cup of coffee in the morning, I, I, I feel like I can start to think again. He goes to John Mark's house. Well, it's John Mark's mother's house that he goes to where there's a bunch of them in there praying and probably for Peter's release. And he's knocking on the door and, and a girl named Rhoda goes to answer the door and she hears Peter's voice and she, she's so excited. Shut and that's something door. I might do too. She, she doesn't even open the door. She just goes back and tells him, Peter's here, Peter's here. And they're like, oh, come on, get a hold of yourself. You know, it, it must be his angel. It must be something. 
And I just love their response. And they were astonished. Here they are probably praying for his release. And there's the answer to their prayer. He was literally on the doorstep. And now he comes in and he's trying to hush them because he wants to tell what has happened. And it's just such a remarkable story. I would just challenge you, if you just kind of skimmed over it, stop and take time when you have time in the quiet of your place, whether it's at your desk, on your couch, in the backyard, wherever, and read through this and look at the different personalities and the the way that God can work through the situations that we're in. Something that can look so terrible in our lives. Here, Peter was in prison. He was between guards, and yet God released him for a purpose. And he didn't even realize what was happening either. And the people who are altogether just praying and believing for Peter's release couldn't even believe that Peter had been released. They were so astonished. And we're often like that too. Isn't God wonderful how he can just use every circumstance in our life when we are devoted to him, when we follow him, he is in our situations, good or bad. He is with us and we will be strengthened through that. And we, it's important then as Peter hushed everybody, what was he going to say? He told what God had done for him. And that's the opportunities that God gives to each one of us. Don't keep your story inside. God will give you opportunities to share the things that he has done in your life. And you don't know what kind of an impact that that can have on the person that you're talking to. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what we're going to talk to. I was trying to talk fast too, so we could get Uh, to this. That's good. That's good. Because this is great. Pastor John Williamson came to know the Lord in the cloakroom in Ireland. That you got involved in the church then, that you you were the best hymn hand out or ever, <laughs> and then you're leading worship and all of that. Now, you're in Canada today. What happened? Did you go to Canada? Did you think I want to go to Canada? Like what happened? Well, what was happening was all of the various jobs that we talked about on the last program, one by one, I had to hand each of those programs over to others, leading the worship, the the giving out of the literature, the prayer meeting, the young people. And one by one, I was handing those over. The last one to hand over uh, was the leading of the worship. And we had been down at the uh, Belfast City Hall, the Ulster Hall, where the services were being held. And uh, I had just handed over the leading of the worship to a young man called Sam Jenkins, wonderful young man. And uh, and I was walking on the upper balcony of the Ulster Hall, and I was literally saying to myself, Lord, have I done something wrong? You know, because each of my positions were handed over to others. But what was unknown to me was God was preparing me for something greater. And uh, and I could listen to that singing and tears were coming down my cheeks because my heart's desire, just as you were saying, Janice, was to share my faith, to, to serve, to help, to reach out and touch the lives of others, no matter who they were. Now, in doing all of that, I still had a full-time job. And yet we were at church every single night doing something seven days a week. Not just one day or two days, but seven. But we loved it. Our heart was in it. We were young people. There was such a desire. And then this one evening, uh, of course, this is after Christine and I, my wife, uh, uh, we got married in 1982. Uh, 
our pastor had made a phone call to us and says, look, uh, John, I'm, I'm heading to minister into the United States. Could you come up to our home? Uh, there's something I want to share with you. And um, I'd Prior to that, I'd been reading an amazing book about a pastor and the call of a pastor. I still didn't know what my future held. I just knew that God held my future. My trust was in him because I was willing to do whatever. I didn't ever think myself as being a, a pastor because, again, during those times, I fought in inadequacy. I didn't think I was qualified in anything that I did. Uh, feelings of inferiority. Boy, they all knocked at my door. And let me tell you, they still knock on my door today. I still have to fight those things at different times, you know, and keep my faith and trust in the Lord. But anyhow, getting back to my pastor uh, call, which normally we never met with our with our pastor. I didn't ever get to meet with our, our, our pastor in a sense. You know, he let you know what needed to be done and you just did it. We just went out and did it. Our pastor would come in. Uh, he would come in about 15 minutes after the praise and worship had started. He would preach his message, pray for the people, and then leave. So to see your, our pastor was really something. So he called us up, uh, Christine and I, and we had gone up. And he said that he wanted to open up an office in Canada. Would we be willing to go to do it? Because our pastor was a, a very frequent speaker in the United States. And I'm talking about really some large churches in the United States. And therefore, you know, he had written a number of books and so forth. And therefore, he asked if we would go. And of course, you know, we said, hey, we're going to pray about this and, and we'll, we'll get back to you. He was actually, you know, flying out uh, the next day. Uh, that's where the urgency was. And, uh, but because the Lord had been taking away each of my jobs, preparing me for something else, and then, you know, reading the Word of God, Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, the Word of God be in your heart. This is right. Go do it. Uh, so we got the confirmation from the Word of God, not just from our pastor. Mm -hmm. Because again, probably in one of our other segments, we'll talk about everything that he had planned didn't come to fruition. So you're going to go over to Canada. Go come over to Canada. And we're going to pick this up tomorrow because <laughs> we've got 14 seconds left. Uh, but anyway, this is a great story. And this is the beginning. We'll talk about that in the church. And uh, so make sure you mention it to your friends. Let's get them all built up so they can hear this story right now. Let's get back to the program. Well, today we continue to pray on this glorious day and we thank God for the wonderful work that he continues to do. Let's pray, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, that's the Lord's prayer, which you taught your disciples to pray. And we, we simply request, Father, that your will would be done, that people would know who you are and they would be able to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name, bring them to you. Amen. Amen. 